0: everybody, welcome back. This is Coach John Daly here, back again. Uh, today is our TGI Friday, even though it's Thursday, but uh, we have tomorrow off, which I'm looking forward to. Today's date is April 18th, 2019. Got a special guest with me today. Uh, Angela Houghton is with me. Hi, Ange.
1: Hi, how are you? They're doing great. How are you? Good. I'm just really impressed with that whole setup you just did right there, <laughs> just off the cuff. Just busted it out TJI Friday. I didn't. I didn't even think about that. And it is Thursday, and I'm really excited for yep. the long weekend. It's
0: Friday Eve, as we like to say.
1: Yes, it is. And we need this. Yep. <laughs> Don't we? Good times.
0: Um, Angela is a neighbor of mine, a friend of mine. Uh, we have a couple different connections. We're both teachers. Uh, she teaches at a neighboring high school, and she's also I have a basketball coaching background. Yes. Which is, I'd like to get into that a little bit, but it's going to be real interesting to, uh, for her to share that story with us. But, uh, Angela, why don't you tell us where you grew up, uh, how'd you get started in education and coaching, and just a wow. little, little background of your story This here. is
1: so fun. I love talking about myself. You're
0: doing awesome. <laughs>
1: um, well, my, both my teachers are, both my teachers, both my parents are teachers. Good. And, or they were, rather, they're retired now. And actually, when I was growing up, I looked up to them a lot, and I wanted to do right by them, Mm. but I never really thought I would be a teacher. I wanted to just do something creative, or be on the news, or be on MTV, or something interesting, seeming to the public eye. But um, my dad was coaching ninth grade boys basketball my senior year in high school when I was a player. So I would always go look for gym time and try to get extra you know, shots in. And my dad would let me come to his practice and I would help the ninth grade boys. And they really respected me and listened to me. And then to watch them grow, I thought, oh man, I got to be a teacher just so I could be a coach. That's Mm. what I thought. And then the dream I thought was to teach where you coach or coach where you teach and be the varsity coach and be able to have that rapport with your players and keep an eye on their grades and, you know, just have a nice dynamic setup there. Um, I have a long story, though, because... Keep
0: going. Oh, my
1: gosh. Well, funny thing, I spent my whole life an athlete and thinking of myself as an athlete. And when I graduated college and got a teaching job as an English teacher... The next year, my principal called me in the summer and said, hey, I need a favor. Can you teach drama just for the year? And you don't have to put on musicals if you don't want to. You don't have to do any of that. Just do your best to keep up what the previous teacher, who unfortunately had a stroke she was recovering from, just try to keep up all the groundwork she laid because she was amazing. Like She really did a nice job with her program. So I did it, and I got through the year. I did a musical, Guys and Dolls, and then I put on a play that I had some help from a teacher I knew at East Detroit, which was my first teaching job, actually. And anyway, the teacher never recovered and never came back, and it was really sad to think about, but I thought, well, I'll just keep this going. I'll just do my best to be like her but then everyone started to know me as the drama teacher and nobody knew anything about me as an athlete. And when a coaching job came up in Roseville, I felt like I had to prove myself as a coach. Like people didn't respect me as a coach. They didn't know I was an athlete. I'm thinking, man, this is that's all I ever was. Why where's where's the love? Where's the respect? <laughs> like I'm finally being able to live my dream and be a coach where I teach. And I just felt like it was a rough road. It was it was really difficult. Um,
0: so the, okay. let me go Let me go back to the night when you helped the ninth grade. Yes. You said the ninth grade boys respected you because you had game, right? You, right. You could run up with. and down the floor with them. You could, right. You know, school them a little bit, yeah. show them what to do.
1: I thought it was a good matchup, too, because the ninth grade boys, they're not, you know, as tall or strong as, like, a 17- or 18-year-old boy. You know, so... Absolutely. It was a good matchup, and I was better than them. Yep. So that was good.
0: So you were able uh-huh. to show them a little bit, and then yep. you mentioned um, your boss mentioned that you did not have to. You didn't. We, didn't, no. we don't expect you to do a musical no. or a drama production, and you did both. Right. How, how did you pull that off?
1: Well, really, my students taught me more mm-hmm. than I taught them. Wonderful. And actually, as they all always do, it seems. Amen to that. But they were begging me, the students were like, we have to do a musical, and I, was, I said, I'll do it, but you have to tell me what to do, and I'll do my best, but I need you to tell me what to do, tell me every step of the way, and they were really great, and I have a lot of um, those students, thank goodness for Facebook, but I was able to keep in touch with some of those students, and even now that they're adults, I feel like I can have like a nice um, conversation with them about Absolutely. what we went through together that year. And they always will remember me, and I'll always remember them for for that crazy experience. But I learned a lot. I God
0: think- bless you, because, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'd be terrified. <laughs> oh, my God. I would. And especially when you're young enough um, and wise enough, it seems, to say, hey, they're the experts. Right. Let them help me. And you're willing to ask for it. Instead of some teachers will go in there pretending they know what to do they're the boss they have to be in charge they don't give up any control right you had no problem with that that's fantastic
1: I definitely feel my role as a teacher is to make my students feel empowered that that the ideas are their ideas Mm -hmm. and and it is interesting I think at their age you know they're teenagers so they have no problem like they will think oh this, this is my idea and I'm amazing and I'm happy that they feel that way but at the time, it also feels like they don't appreciate me. You know, they don't realize that I actually set them up for that success until later in life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always five or ten years later that they say, you know what? I look back on when you were my teacher and you were this and that, you know, positive things. Like, you know, as teachers, we have to wait until yes. they mature. A great point. And they can reflect on their own experience. They can't plan. always see it when it's happening.
0: Yep, most of them can You got to wait. It's that delayed thanks. It's that yep. delayed gratitude later. That, and for some kids that come back and tell you thankful, thank you, mm-hmm. you never mm-hmm. knew you had that impact on them because no. you were just like, well, you know, I tried talking to the kid, I helped them, but never really said much to me. And but right. years later, they come back and do that. That's fantastic.
1: Which do you find as a teacher? There's certain kids that you you remember that you focused on, and you thought. Wow, I'm really. I got to work hard to impact this student or change this student's course or what have you. But then they might not even realize or care. Mm -hmm. And and then there's another student that you didn't. It wasn't even on your radar. And that's the one that you impacted. Do you ever have experiences like that? It's really.
0: I really smile at those times because, in fact, just even we had uh, our seniors. We're on trimesters, so um, some of them graduate early, like in March, because they've they've gotten uh, the graduation credits out of the way. They're all Mm -hmm. set. Uh, One young lady uh, finished up and graduated, and her and I talked a lot. She had a lot of classes with me. She was real sassy. I tried to help her soften that a little bit Mm -hmm. with, with people. And I remember when she left, she just left. She didn't say anything, and it was like,
1: huh, right
0: Okay. well hopefully I'll talk with her later
1: exactly and
0: then in class today um, I had a guest speaker another teacher come into my leadership class and I had a young man um, after she was done just raised his hand he goes I don't have a question but you know Miss Anderson I gotta thank you so much and he just mentioned a couple of things on how much of a difference she made and we are just like oh my god wow. is, You know, that instant
1: right. thank you
0: you know which was amazing which we
1: so, need that too, oh, absolutely. to get through our days absolutely
0: uh, so I wonder, with your parents both being educators, so did you guys, uh, is there siblings in your family?
1: Yes, I have two older sisters. One is 10 years older, and then the other one is like a grade older, basically a okay. year and a half older. Um, but yeah, my they both were teachers at Lincoln High School in Warren. Okay. And in fact, my dad was also the varsity football coach, and throughout the year like he retired as like the boys varsity basketball coach too but my mom was the athletic director for 5 years there oh, or wow. 15 years oh, oh wow. my gosh 15 years so really i lived at that school with my sister julie like we would be in my mom's office cuz she had to be at every home game she you know found the the perfect national anthem to Recording, play yeah. and i just i followed her around the gym watching her do her job and that, I actually did think I would be a really good athletic director because mm-hmm. I watched her do it, and she did an amazing job. And really, there's not a lot of athletic directors out there that do what she did. She That's was right. like a host to the gym. You know, the referees come in, and she suited them up in a room yep. with beverages, and like she owned that place. She it.
0: That was her house. Yep. She handled it,
1: and she had a lot of class. So I really respected her for that. But now that I've and I'm a teacher, and I've been in this. It is a really hard job, and I do not want to do it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's good to know, isn't it?
1: Yeah. To find that out. I mean, because really, you have to deal with all. You have a lot of different problems than mm-hmm. what a teacher has, absolutely. and I it's, don't want those problems.
0: It's a bigger arena than the classroom, isn't it? Right. Yeah, absolutely. The
1: discipline issues and legality and parents. All and, the
0: teams. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So uh, during summers, would you guys have time together? Would you vacation with
1: oh, mom yeah, and dad and, and funny, the yeah. family and everything? We, thank goodness, because they were both teachers, I mean, we definitely went somewhere every spring break, and then we had all summer together. We went from camping to we discovered, um, they, my parents loved Indian River up north, mm-hmm. um, and we would camp at Burt Lake State Park, and then eventually they were like house hunting for property, and then they found, which really now it, it seems like a, a miracle that they got such a good deal. It was, it's like a right on the lake um, by the cross in the woods, and they bought that when I was twelve. So we go up. We've been going up there every summer. So That's it's very nice. Cool. My dad always said the three best things about being a teacher are June, July, and August. Oh, absolutely. So.
0: But you know what? There's people that say, "Oh, you know, what do you get into? Oh, I'm going to be a teacher. Oh,
1: that's great. How come?
0: Like, summer's off. It's right. like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, but you can't. Summers for that. end. They do not right. last forever. You know. You
1: need the summers, though. I oh, yeah. I mean, to to make it, it through the year, you have to have that end point, knowing that you're going to get a fresh start in the fall. Mentally, I think it's it's how we survive. I don't know how the teachers are doing it that are playing into that. Full year schedule. I know a couple teachers that are doing because some schools are totally adapting that in Mm -hmm. Michigan right now. I think the elementary schools. I don't know if it's four weeks in the summer they get, but then two weeks every holiday or something like that. It's like the extended school year.
0: Yep.
1: I don't know if I would like that, but yeah, there's some changes coming. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, One of my school years as an elementary kid, um, the school district. um, This is back in the mid to late 70s so they experimented with it back then and it was nine weeks on two weeks off nine weeks on two weeks off and then we would have six weeks we have all of july and like the first two weeks of august off so we still got a good chunk of summer right um and you know what i remember taking a trip down to disney World uh, with my parents and it was off time and it was my parents just went over and over it's so nice there's less people down here this is great and, but you know, the very next year they decided to scrap it, and went right back to the normal one, and uh, yeah, it's an idea I think that um, some people are experimenting with. Which is so. Were your parents
1: teachers? No, great question. Okay. No,
0: um, my dad worked for Ford Motor Company in sales analysis, uh, got his training in the Navy uh, with computers and stuff, and my mom was like a accountant type person, did taxes and stuff.
1: Nice. How did you get into teaching, Dean? Have uh, by you covered grace, this before? grace
0: of God, yeah. Um, <laughs> on one of my earlier podcasts, I uh, went up to Central Michigan looking at hotel restaurant management, uh, broadcasting, and sports medicine, thinking all three of those were cool, never checked into any details about any of them, found out freshman year up there, you know, what do you mean you only let 50 people into the program every year? What, what's all the science and math you're talking about? Right. What grade point do I have to have? What do you mean the internships I'm going to have are going to be out of state, you know? And then, like, with hotel restaurant management, you know, about every 18 months to two years, you're moving. And I never thought about those things. And I'm like, dang, I don't even want to leave Michigan. Right. You know? And so, sophomore year, I was like, hey, I love my business classes in high school. I'll get a business degree. And my first class, Monday morning of the fall term, my sophomore year, 8 o'clock Monday morning, Grand Hall, room 102, Second row, I was sitting against the wall. Dr. Wells Cook comes walking in. Former high school teacher in Fenton and Royal Oak, now a college professor. Within 10 to 15 minutes of him sharing his story, his introduction, I remember that light bulb going off. I called my parents, I think that day, um, telling them I was going to be a business teacher. And uh, they were pleasantly surprised. They weren't against it. Mm -hmm. They were kind of shocked because i had never talked about it. Right. i had already been coaching with my dad. He got me started uh, when I was 16, coaching girls basketball in middle school. And it was the perfect fit. And nice. so, yeah, I'm just very lucky. So it's so it's can, funny how things work out.
1: Who was the the man or the was it a professor mm-hmm. that said, does he know that he impacted you like oh, that? Oh, absolutely. Okay, good.
0: He's, he's no longer <laughs> with us. Uh, he passed away, boy, 13 years ago or so. But I remember telling him, because I used to go to all his office hours. Uh, he took me to lunch a few times. We he would He would do whatever he could to help me, you know. And the funny thing was, I thought I was the only one. Oh, okay. But then, um, even years after, when I was a teacher, I'd still go to the conferences. I would still find him, and I would tell him over and over again, thank you. I told him I loved him. He made a difference. That's my parents. He was the biggest difference maker in my life.
1: Wow.
0: And um, to find out when he died, um, the tributes that I read, uh, I figured out, John, you weren't the only one. Right. There's thousands wow. of people that that guy impacted. So, And that's what one of my main fueling points Dr. Cook and a whole bunch of other people on what I'm doing, whether it's teaching this podcast and some other things I want to do, it's it's making the difference that all these people have made with me. Right. So, so for teaching for you, never thought of it. Kind of caught on to it. You know, didn't see yourself, even though you had two educators in the family. That
1: was part of it too. It just seemed so typical, right? Like we' supposed to do it, lame. Like, oh, I'm not just going to go do this because my parents do it. How boring is that? So I was, like, against it for that reason, okay. not because I didn't think I would like it. I just thought it was too typical. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, yeah, just basically, I also wanted to play basketball in college. Mm. And I was able to do that. And just I just loved basketball my whole life. I found a lot of success in it growing up I went to St. Angela in Roseville and my basketball team was amazing I mean we would we won games and games on games like we ended up playing I don't really remember exactly at this point how it was broken down but you know as the season ends the you know CYL you have tournaments. tournaments yeah yes. Yes. so we ended up playing um holy family oh, yeah. at Regina High oh, School yeah. for this championship game we lost I totally choked I really did and actually because the night before I think I was like trying to eat all this spaghetti and have carbs and like really be ready but I was just too amped up I needed mm-hmm. to relax I needed to probably do the opposite but um yeah so then and when I went to high school well my older sister that's only one year older She went to Regina her freshman year and didn't make the basketball team, but she did make softball. So when I got to, you know, choose what high school I was going to because St. Angela only went up to eighth grade, Mm -hmm. again, my parents let me choose or made me think I could choose. Um, My older sister was going to go to Centerline, which was a public school, and she didn't want to go to Regina anymore, but I could have gone to Regina but I just was really intimidated because my sister got cut and I thought, do I want to be a big fish in the little pond or mm-hmm. a little fish in a big pond? And Regina was like, the big pond. And I had a really good friend, um, my best friend, Sarah Judd, who went on to play pro ball in Amsterdam. Like She went wow. to Oakland. She's she's the director of boys basketball at Oakland right wow. now. But she was – I don't want to say recruited – But maybe I can because it was in eighth grade at at St. Angela. But Diane Laffey from Regina knew Sarah and wanted her. And I was on the team, too. But, no, you know, Diane Laffey wasn't talking to (laughs) me. Hello, I'm over here. Right. So I thought, hmm, I don't know. I don't know if I want to risk it all and, you know, not really feel all the success of basketball. I wasn't ready to be like a sub I wanted to be like a star so I went to center line and I was a freshman on varsity in basketball and softball and yeah we had a lot of success my senior year we won our league and I don't know I just always found success but then college it, I probably cried every day mm. it was horrible because everyone was the best one on their team there you go And I was proud of myself for doing it and not giving up and working really hard. And I guess I should just be okay with that. But sometimes I look back and I think, why did I put myself through that? Who was I trying to prove something Mm -hmm. to? You know, what was I really doing there? Um, But I guess maybe I just wanted to prove to myself that I could do it because I had said when I was younger I, I'm going to play basketball in college for four years that is my goal in life so I just thought I had to do it so I was able to do that at Adrian and I don't know after that basketball doesn't really bring me that much joy anymore <laughs> probably because I'm an adult with three young children and i wife and i'm a teacher and i have all these other things All these other hats and really basketball as great as it was in the beginning just beat me down later Mm -hmm. in life really because the coaching didn't really work out that great it was like frustrating i felt like people doubted me i had so many naysayers because i was the drama lady coaching basketball and they i'm like thinking hey you guys i know how to play basketball i know how to coach basketball but it just got to be too much. I thought, why am I doing this? Plus, my first year coaching varsity at Roseville, I was pregnant with my second child. And that wasn't my ideal job to have as a pregnant lady because you can't run with the team. You, so can't, you can't really get hands on. And yep. it just, it was difficult.
0: So how many years did you coach at Roseville? I varsity? was
1: the varsity coach of the girls team for two years. And my husband who we met coaching against each other. He really? To, yeah. He used to coach at St. Clement mm-hmm. and I coached at Lincoln for two years on, for the JV level. Um, yeah, and we played against each other, but we kind of knew each other through, um, f- common friends in the neighborhood. Cause we okay. both kind of grew up in the center line school district, even yep. though he was the Catholic school boy. But, um, yeah, we we played against each other. He beat me both times. <laughs> he tells the story at the banquet every year. Oh, for, yeah,
0: thanks. In front of
1: everybody. <laughs> everybody. Yeah, it's good times.
0: Heard it before. Come I know. On. Move on, move on.
1: I know. I'm like, you, Catholic school teams have a different struggle than like a, it's like not as much of a struggle. Is what I feel like. A lot of those girls that go to Catholic school, they go to camps, they do a lot of mm-hmm. stuff to prepare. And the public school girls, they don't know. They just show up. They
0: some of them do. Absolutely some of them right. do.
1: Absolutely. Some of. Them, I mean, it depends on what school district, I guess. The the culture, the basketball absolutely. culture. That's got to be. It's reset not up, always re- ingrained.
0: Absolutely. So, did you? Were you instrumental in having him take over
1: for you? Oh yeah. I I feel like I was instrumental in that, yes. It was pretty deliberate because I didn't want to let the program go to just anybody. And it was really great because our athletic director at the time, he was aware that I basically wanted to be at home with... Because, you know, first year I was pregnant, the second year I have a newborn at home. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I can't Mm. keep this charade up. So, um, but... My husband, Andy, he was the assistant coach. And then for the third year, we asked the AD, like, can we co-coach? So he's the head coach and I'm the head coach. So really, and you know what? That might have been the second year. I don't remember because I just knew legally if he was the assistant coach, he couldn't run practices. Because in our district, we do like a volunteer form for the assistant coaches. It's like... Not the same as like if you're the head full full time coach, as far as like, are you allowed to to monitor the like, responsibilities safety. Yeah. yeah, there's some like something with that. So I pretty much he was more than excited to have that role, and I said, "Well, I'll just come to practices. I'll be like a practice coach. And then I really didn't ever go to many practices. I was just like, I'm good. I'm just going to stay home with the kids. When well, you found out how difficult that'd be. It was hard plus girls basketball being in the winter now. Yeah. It was so difficult. It was dark sooner. It's freezing cold. I I just can't, you know, take the kids to the gym necessarily. I can't um, be driving around in the Oh, absolutely. Snow. I don't know. It nope. was just hard. Michigan
0: screwed it up when they moved them from the fall to the winter. I tell you.
1: In so many ways. Yep. I'm
0: rather. not
1: happy about the choice.
0: No, I don't know. I don't think I'll ever go back. But well, good. It's it. You know what? And I know your husband Andy's had a ton of success, and it's continued from the program that you got going and rolling in a great direction. Yes. And they've won a couple division titles now, a couple league titles.
1: Yep. Uh,
0: tournament title.
1: They're still working at the district title. They okay, haven't. They still haven't it's a tough district that oh, they end up being a part of. Yes. I don't really know how it works anymore, but
0: Yep, Lake Shore's in there. Lakeview, yeah. Lakeview uh, ended up going to the quarterfinals this year, right? You know, and they that's, they beat a lot of people that uh, surprised a lot of people too.
1: Yep. So, so yeah, and um, I don't know how much longer he will do it. Probably as long as he possibly can because right. he does love it so much. And I, I was trying to figure out, I'm like, how can I survive the winter? And now I'm thinking it's, I can have a podcast at home or something.
0: Perfect segue into I what know. I was going to next.
1: <laughs> um,
0: Ash came to me. I mean, we've seen each other. She's, what, five houses down, not even five houses down, I think. And so we see each other a lot, especially in the summer, walking the dogs and uh, her taking the kids out for bike rides and all that. She rides by. And then uh, a few weeks ago... My wife and I were sitting out on our porch, and our neighbor Lena comes from across the street. And she's, John, John oh, your podcast, oh, it's going real good. Angela was telling me all about it, how she wants to do one. I'm like, really? That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, she's going to talk to you and everything. And so next day or whatever, um, I was out walking uh, our dog and saw you. We started talking about it. You have this idea. You've already kind of started some things with it, right? That's this right. isn't. This isn't nothing that's you haven't done anything with yet. Right. You're telling me you've got the domain name and what, right. what's the whole premise behind uh, this mom, you know, segment that you want to go after right. as far as helping people.
1: Well, I will say that Lena inspired me a lot because when we're together and she's across the street, so I did not discover that she was my neighbor. Because we don't really cross the street that much with the kids. They're just like, kids, stay on this side of the the road. (laughs) But um, she has a parallel life with me, I feel. You know, she's got three daughters. I have three daughters. And when we are together, it's just back and forth like fire. Like, she's a really good listener. And she compliments me a lot, too. Like, she'll say, you are so funny. You have the best things to say. So she really boosts me up. So I love talking to her for that reason. But also, she's not afraid to ask advice, and then I'll just spill the dirty details of what I have going on in my house and how I deal with it. And we really relate to each other. So at first I said, we, Lena and I, should have a podcast. And she was excited about it, but also intimidated and you know, just doubting how much time she would have as a mother to attack it. Um, I told her, I mean, she has a good radio voice. I think it's like Mm -hmm. a nice, rich sound. So, um, anyway, but then eventually she just said, well, why don't you just do it and then I'll be your guest. So then I got to thinking like, well, who else would I talk to? Because I don't know how much I would want to say just sitting there by myself. If I'm talking about being a mom, I would rather just exchange stories with other moms. So I'm thinking about it and I'm like, man, I'm at that age everybody I know is a mom at some level, either a mom of older teen kids mm-hmm. or I have friends that are pregnant still and mm-hmm. you know, it's just and everyone has their own view on how it's going and they all need help because it's a really hard job, it takes a village and mm-hmm. I just thought that it would be a fun creative outlet but also give me an opportunity to like build a community of moms in, in our neighborhood or even in the state of Michigan or just in my life, just for myself, for Love comfort. It. <laughs> Love
0: it. Love it.
1: So, I don't know. It keeps me going, thinking about it and being creative with it. So I have Mom Block Party is what I'm calling it. Nice. I got the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook page, domain name. In Gmail. Wow. All Mom block you. party. Straight up. That's
0: fantastic. That's that's some that's some foresight. That's some looking down the road type of thing. Okay, this is this is my brand. I want to get started, but you know what? I know enough to where I've got to get some, you know, some tracks down on the social media areas right. and what I, and they're all available.
1: They were. So I'm like, it's a sign. But also it is, I don't know how popular of a trend it is. But if you search moms that do this right now, there are a lot of moms that are doing sure. it. So I feel like there's some moms that have been really successful. Like I just bought the book um, hashtag I mom so hard, mm. and it's this, these two women and they tell their story. Oh my god! And they have they're like YouTube famous and they have an Instagram. You know they do it all. And there's another set of moms, the cat and Nat. They're like think they're known for like filming themselves in their minivan ranting right but they're hilarious <laughs> and what i like about these women is they basically want the same thing that they want to just say what they're going through and laugh about it and relate to people mm. it's kind of what they're going for and it's cool if you make money but you can't think about it like oh, i'm doing this to make money it You're just fills that. your soul you know
0: yep no that's the the definite uh, approach you have to take is Money will come at some point in time, even how little or big or none or what. But if you go into it trying to make a difference, and a lot of people get intimidated. Oh, there's so many people already in that genre. They're already doing it. I'm not going to bother. Wait a minute. You need to be heard because there's going to be some people that take to you like, you know, ice cream and chocolate. Chocolate sauce, right? They're going to love you. Whereas there's other people out there doing it already, and they're not connecting to everybody. We we can't connect to everybody. You, you will find your niche there. You will find your great connections. You'll be making great contributions to a whole bunch of people. Well, Just I'm like you do in you,
1: you are part of my journey now because what are the chances my neighbor down the street <laughs> has a podcast and you are so successful. You have your path Thank and you. your vision. And luckily for me, it's thinking positively and finding your own success in life. So I'm like, Absolutely. hey, neighbor.
0: That's, it was so funny when you, when Lena came over first I'm like oh my god
1: because right. I, I like
0: finding like I'm, it's just starting to crack now where some people are reaching out uh, met some great people uh, a couple people from Texas um, you know high school teacher a coach um, he and I have been communicating a little bit uh, a counselor down there through my buddy Jeff Lipp um, big shout out to Trisha Miller um, we have done some uh, podcast three of us together and we're going to plan on doing more um, there's a lady in Canada I'm connecting with now. Nice. Uh, it's just, it's just really fun and different to have people start kind of coming out of the woodwork. Hey, I just like what you're doing and thank you, Right. you know, cause, um, you know, you start doing this, you're like, who the heck is going to listen to me? And we were talking before, it's like, how the heck do I even sound uh, right. on recording, you know, which we'll play back and you'll get Can't to hear wait that to
1: hear it. <laughs> in a few <laughs> minutes. So,
0: uh, but I just really love this. And so, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be able to help you do whatever you want. We can get you back on here, talk more details about some other things that you want to do. But I, I am so proud of you for taking this leap Thanks. because it is different. It is fun. And right. um, there are more things out there that we can be passionate about. Right. You know, so.
1: And one thing I have noticed about the podcasts is that collaboration is fire. And when you have someone who's finding success in a podcast interviewing people, that's how you gain new viewers or I don't want to I don't I don't know all of a sudden I thought I didn't want to call them followers I know that's a common thing with you know an Instagram follower right but really it's you're not a follower if you're joining me on the journey you're with me you're not right. following me you're just hanging out with
0: right. me right coming with me yeah coming along to the right.
1: so for
0: the ride so I feel it.
1: like there's every mom that I've talked to so far that are my friends or that I work with them they seem really excited about, like, they can't wait to talk to me on the podcast, which, mm-hmm. you know, because we talk all the time anyway, but they're excited for something new because it is hard being a mom. And and I I'm, I know it's hard to be a dad, but I'm not a dad, so I'm not really addressing I get it. the dad audience. Nope, you're right on. But... You know, you love your kids, you want to be with them all the time, you're obsessed with them, but at the same time, you they drive you crazy and you need <laughs> to get away from them and you need adult time, but you can't leave them because you love them, but you have to leave them. Yep. I don't know, there's just a lot of um, push and shove with having kids and they're with you forever and you're so grateful for that mm-hmm. and you worry about them the minute... That you conceive a child in your womb, you're worried and scared. Fine, you know?
0: You can read all the books out there that are out there and you still
1: won't have a clue. Yeah. So you we know? need each other because it is absolutely. a scary That's fantastic. thing we're tackling. Raising kids, keeping them alive. Yep. That's a lot of pressure.
0: That's a fantastic um, idea of what you want to make a difference in. and I, It's amazing to hear you talk. The thought coming to my head was, man, your hearts get stretched in so many different directions. You know, and right. it, at first you probably think, oh, how the hell am I going to do this? But no, you can do this. And right. it's, it's inside of you. You're okay. And you do do it. And you're doing a great job with it. So Thanks. this is this is going to be really good. I really appreciate you coming on and having this first show. I'm hoping we can do some more and hoping to get your own show going. And How
1: much time did we get in there? We're up to 35 minutes. Wow. We're and like magic
0: like, right here. Just breathe just <laughs> right by, didn't it? it? Seemed like 10 minutes.
1: Yes, Fantastic. it was fun. It good. was good. Is this, is it over? I don't, I don't. See, I don't have to ever stop talking. I don't know. <laughs>
0: this might be a good place to Saying end Saying goodbye it, is
1: hard for me. Is always. there any uh,
0: last thoughts for the listeners out there? Because obviously, like you said, there's some people that can't wait to be on your show or to hear you. So granted, when this show rolls out, probably in the next few days, there's going to be some people eager to listen to it that you're going to share this with.
1: Right. I feel like I really have just been waiting for this day with you. To spark my like confidence. The well, the yes. confidence with the technology behind it, mm-hmm. and once I saw how you did it, I mean, I I'm probably going to record my first one and kick it out there this weekend. Fired up, fired up. Wow. Kick it out maybe like once a week at least, there you go. if not more. There you go. Just strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, do it now. So. Yeah. Um, I don't That's know, fantastic. hopefully if you're listening to this, you can check out Mom Block Party.
0: Please do, over on, on like you said, Instagram, Twitter,
1: Right, Facebook. all the outlets that you're able to kick out this podcast to, I hope to do the same with your guidance. And
0: We'll get the link out to you and you it's going to go like wildfire, this is going to be crazy.
1: It'll be fun. Be
0: ready, to strap yourself in.
1: And you're on my block. So, you're part of the black party, part even block though party you're already. not the mom. Your wife's a mom. She is. She's part of the mom black party. She is. And guess what?
0: All the stuff you described, <laughs> we've gone through. Because right. our, our son's 25, our daughter's 22. So, a little further around the block than you guys as far as right. age wise and time wise, obviously, I'm a tad older. Um, but Just, you know what? Just you know, what, exactly what you said. Um, we've been through it, and it's totally spot on where people need help. People need to be able to talk to people. Cry with each other, laugh with each other, ask for help, give help, share recipes. Uh, hey, we went on vacation in this place. This place is awesome with kids. Or, hey, we're getting together, with parents only. You know, Hey, we got four babysitters. You know, right. let, let's go. Let's go do this or that. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome. Well, good. Angela, thank you so thank
1: much. Thank you so much. I feel I was going to shake your hand. Let's no one it. can see this, yep, but no we're shaking it. It's good. It's We've good. Sealed the deal.
0: Thank you so much again. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that little talk with Angela. It's going to be, uh, I think, a fun ride for her as she gets going on her journey. Um, this is, you know, she's taking a risk, right? She's getting out of her comfort zone. Uh, she was telling me how nervous she was, and she nailed it today. She did a fantastic job. So whatever it is that you want to do, it doesn't have to be podcasting, you guys. Find that courage to start doing it. Just start, you know, if you got to go talk to somebody, or if you got to go take a course, or if you just want to make some changes, and whatever you want to do, start going after it, because time's flying by, you know, and uh, those success puzzle pieces are out there. you just got to find them. And hopefully me and some other people that you might listen to might help you, Uh, That's all I ask is that you just share this with people that you might think uh, need some guidance and need some help and need something fun to laugh at and listen to and learn something from, okay? All right, find me over on Facebook, you guys, at Coach2ExpectSuccess, uh, over on Twitter at Coach2Success, and Instagram, Coach John Daly, and, of course, uh, Coach2ExpectSuccess.com. My book list is there. Check out some of those 26 books, fantastic reads. There's a contact information there on the homepage that you can send me a note. I'll get back to you. And uh, hopefully everything's going well. And, uh, hey, bring on spring. I don't know where you are in the world listening to this, but bring on spring here in Michigan. Let me tell you, we need it. Okay, you guys, thanks a lot for spending your time with me. Uh, We'll talk again soon. Take care of yourselves and each other. See you.